You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is The Way We Live Now. Each Friday, we're going to turn the show over to our listeners. We want to hear your stories, This is how we connect with each other, by sharing the way we live now. If you have a story, please do call us. You'll hear our number at the end of this episode. Our first message today is from Mary in Pennsylvania. Just before the pandemic hit, Mary's extended family was rocked by a terrifying diagnosis. They learned her sister would need immediate treatment for an aggressive form of brain cancer. My name is Mary. I flew to California in late January for a bridal shower for my niece. As soon as I landed, I discovered my sister, the mother of the bride. She's being diagnosed with a terrible glioblastoma. The shower is canceled, but I'm grateful to be present for her biopsy and diagnosis. Back home now, early February, we're all still planning to travel to California for the wedding, which is scheduled for the end of March. By the end of February, the coronavirus storm clouds are gathering. I'm thinking I'm going to have to drive out west. In the next weeks, the entire country is shutting down. The wedding is canceled, and my sister cannot even have the comfort of her immediate family around her for the brain surgery and the beginning of radiation and chemo. Thankfully, she does have the most wonderful husband a woman could have during such a terrible time. They are their own little unit along with their sweet dog. It's been painful, though, not to be present. She also has another daughter who's literally trapped in Brooklyn and hasn't seen her mother since Christmas. One of your guests spoke about how triggered some of us are by all the isolation. The sadness is at times unbearable. Thank you for listening, Danny. I love the show so much. Our second caller today is Carol, a child care center director fighting to ensure that childcare workers get the support they need 
and the respect they deserve when everyone gets back to work. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. My name is Carol, and I am a child care director. I'm an early childhood teacher. And so during COVID, my child care center closed down. It closed down actually on, on March 13th, and my teachers and I all started Zooming with children. We didn't have a lot of essential workers at our center. We had a lot of teachers and professors, and so they were all trying to work from home. And we had this window into the lives of children and families, and we were singing songs and telling stories and doing science experiments over Zoom. It was such a strange world. We were very resistant because, um, you know, we believe children should not be on screens. We believe they should be outside getting messy and playing with one another. So uh, that was a big adjustment. And, and then our hearts were breaking for these families, these families who need us um, and who are trying to work and uh, don't have our essential service, don't have our our support. I am so hopeful that the pandemic will reveal how important child care is to work family balance, to women's rights, to family wellness, to the health of children, that child care is uh, a right. Um, It's what all of us need um, in a healthy society. It has to lead the reopening, and now we're getting ready to reopen, and we're wondering, you know, how do we care for children with masks? Um, What will it be like if children can't see our smiles? Um, Will we develop new ways of being together? We're not ready to abandon our philosophy of early education and care. We're going to stay close to children, but social distancing, that's such a strange concept and really doesn't work in child care. we're trying to look for some face masks and other adaptive ways that we can follow guidelines and still be close to children and still support families who are trying to get back into the workforce. And the other thing that's happened through the pandemic is we've had a huge advocacy effort. We've connected with um, so many child care workers across the state and we are trying to reveal the the worth of child care and care in general. Everyone who cares for, for children, for elders, for dis- people with disabilities, um, how does our society value these people? Many of us um, around the state and the nation are really worried that child care won't survive the pandemic. There are so many child care centers who don't have a margin and they are going struggling with reopening. It's going to cost more to reopen. We have to have lower ratios, less capacity, more supplies, and this is going to mean that we can't take in the revenue. And parents are already paying too much for child care. Child care is costing some families equal to what a college education costs. Something radical has to happen. There has to be a national, universal care act that recognizes child care and care in general as a human right, as a public good. It's going to be interesting to see how we come out on the other side.
other side of this pandemic, how we emerge, how families survive without these uh, sort of invisible infrastructures like childcare, who have been so under-recognized and underfunded. So that's been a big, huge learning curve for me during the pandemic is becoming an advocate, trying to speak about what I do and to help our legislators and our governors understand childcare needs a bailout. <laughs> if we're going to open, if we're going to save our economy, then we have to save childcare. Childcare will save us, but we've got to save childcare. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Take care. Today's final message is from Greg. Greg, who lives in the suburbs of Denver with his wife, had recently undergone treatment for lymphoma. Now he's trying to stay safe and sane in a world that is even more dangerous than usual for immunocompromised people like himself. Hi, my name is Greg, and I live out in uh, Denver, Colorado. We're in a suburb of Denver, Colorado. And just prior to the pandemic hitting, um, I had gone through a stem cell transplant uh, for a really aggressive form of lymphoma and was basically at home just starting to come back to work uh, kind of in a telework status. Um, my wife and I both work for the government, uh, federal government here in Denver, and um, I was just starting to do some kind of back to work, uh, and I was also just starting to exercise again, and, you know, then the pandemic basically shut down a lot of that. Um, I, uh, stay connected by, uh, I do a lot of, I do a lot of telework with my, um, with my government colleagues, but really the, the connection that I have is, uh, through my, uh, Zen center. I, I practice Zen here in, in Denver and we have a lot of online and other virtual ways of, of practicing. Um, my wife and I, we get outside a lot. Um, there's, you know, some really great walking trails around, which keeps us uh, both fit and also connected to our neighborhood. Um, but I think the thing that was really kind of telling for us anyway is is how we stay connected with our friends and family. We've had some uh, Zoom uh, family get-togethers. We've had uh, some uh, Zoom neighborhood things and birthday celebrations. Um, and, you know, that's not as satisfying, obviously, as being in person, but we really think that it's uh, as good as we can do right now, and, and we're looking forward to the pandemic being over. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the pandemic being over because, you know, in a state of uh, somewhat diminished uh, health and resistance to, you know, diseases, this is a pretty scary time. And honestly, you know, having times with family and friends and my Zen Center and my work colleagues have really kind of helped keep us grounded and I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully a brighter future. So uh, that's the way I'm living now. Uh, again, my name is Greg, and uh, I just really appreciate your show. I listen to it all the time when I'm out walking. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Way We Live Now. Tell us the way you're living now. We want to hear. Call us on... You might want to get a pen for this. 909-713-8995. That's 909-713-8995.
and record your story, and we might just use it on the pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the way we live now pod. We are creating a community here and we would love for you to join us. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Ryder. The Way We Live Now is a production of iHeartRadio. It's produced by Lowell Berlanti. Beth Ann Macaluso is executive producer. Special thanks to Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 